All right, we're live and we're rolling. Welcome back to The Real Venture. If you're interested in new business trends, starting your own business, or learning from other successful entrepreneurs, then The Real Venture is for you. Welcome, I'm your host, Peyton Truitt, joined as always by my co-host, Luke. Today, we are joined by Tommy Hatton, co-founder of Learn to Win, which is a short-form educational platform uh, for college sports teams, pro sports teams, businesses, uh, the U.S. Department of Defense. Um, And so without further ado, Tommy, thank you for joining. um, And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, boys, thank you so much for having me on the pod tonight. Um, My name is Tommy Hatton. I'm a some might call me an entrepreneur, but I am a, grew up in New Jersey, about you know, 30, 45 minutes outside of New York City, and went down to Carolina to play football. Um, and so, you know, I was a football player and athlete growing up, but I have transitioned uh, some of that journey into uh, some entrepreneurial, um, really just one venture, uh, learn to win and um, help start the company while I was in college after I just, you know, stopped playing football. And so that characterizes my uh, work and then, at, you know, my kind of life and, and who I am. I'm a, you know, I'm 20, 24 turning 25 on Friday. Um, and, you know, I like to uh, have fun and, and be with friends and work with good people and, and drive change in this world and, and do, do some cool stuff. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me kind of in the snippet. Awesome. Yeah, well, let us, uh, let us be the first to, you know, give you a, an, an early happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Happy birthday, Tom. What's your astrology symbol? <laughs> ah, I think I'm. I think I'm a tortoise. Is that is that tortoise? I don't is that know, one? Man, I just know. Yeah, I, I'm not, we have no idea. Yeah, I'm not. I'm so not well versed. I'm not well versed, obviously, on the the zodiac signals or whatever you want to call them. But I know I'm turning 25, so now I could, uh, you know, rent a car a little bit easier. But each birthday, I'm like, God, man, I'm getting so old. You know, I can't yeah. time to slow down, but. <laughs> You know, after twenty one, it kind of goes just down. Up, well, no, yeah, I mean, you literally twenty five is the last good birthday because, like you said, you can rent a car. After that, it is like all downhill from here. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's uh, there's no good perks, and you're just like, wow, I'm getting old. You know, I'm getting old every year. I'm getting old. So, <laughs> <laughs> gotta appreciate life, though. You know, take it day by day and enjoy it. And it's been a fun journey to to this point. And looking forward to twenty five. Should be a, hopefully a good year. Well, 25 will be a good year because you're at Learn to Win. So you, you know, you mentioned it briefly. Why don't you go, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, what you helped start and, you know, what you guys are all about at Learn to Win? Yeah. So on kind of a 30,000 foot overview kind of look on a high level, we're just a micro learning platform. So um, a mobile first learning platform, really flexible interface and make it easy for um, authors or administrators to um, create really digestible and, and media-driven content that they can deliver to the learners. And uh, the original idea um, started as a way to help football players better learn their playbooks. Um, so kind of if any of you guys are familiar with football or just obviously Peyton, you played at Purdue, but uh, when you get on campus, they give you here's a 300-page piece uh, page, piece of paper. You know, go in and kind of stare at it and read it and figure it out. Um, but some of this research has come out of um, Silicon Valley and all of these, you know, high high institutions around just what are the most optimal ways to learn? Um, and we've seen a lot that it's actually not the way that academia perceives it to be. It's it's in, you know, short, digestible chunks, focusing in at one topic at a time, spaced out. Um, and that actually proves to yield higher results. Um, so we began this journey in sports as a way to help athletes better learn their playbooks, but have transitioned this work to work inside of um, the U.S. military. Um, and the business sector as well. And 
using the same technology, kind of this um, mobile first, easy to deliver information, and then on the back end, provide admins, data and analytics around not only did reps or players go through and complete training, but what are the knowledge gaps and what are the places that um, your learners are having shortcomings? Um, that way we can address them before they come catastrophic, whether that be deaths and, and within the U.S. military, lost business or um, losing football games. So um, I try to hit high, high performance institutions where training really matters and um, they need to train because it's the difference between, between them winning and losing. And we feel like we're a good tool to help organization, organizations hit their learning goals and um, help them continue to, to get ahead. Yeah. You know, another question that I, that I have kind of around that, and you, you touched on it briefly, is everybody has a different way that they learn. So how does your platform address and cater to, you know, various people on the same team, but they learn in different ways? Yeah. So that's a great question. So, you know, when we think about learning right now, because we get, we were in college and, you know, I wasn't the, the biggest, you know, fan of academia growing I'm not fan, but I would say I was, um, I was an athlete and that's really all I knew. But, um, you know, in the classroom, it's a lot of lectures, a lot of just free form, go read this document. Um, and that's just not, like I said, the most optimal way for people to learn. And, um, there's, you know, we've known this and some of this research has come out the past 10 years and there's been a lot of companies like Coursera and Quizlet and um, the list goes on and on who that are coming out and, and leveraging some of these technologies, but, you know, kind of COVID expedited a lot of these trends. So really our platform is based on a lot of Silicon Valley research about, you know, how do you most optimally learn and teach? And we've built a platform around that and the, the way we do it is through active learning high structured, quick, you know, interactive, engaging modules. And there's just stagnant statistics around how much it increases the learning um, in one-time learning settings over time, et cetera. And so um, this concept of micro learning, it's, it's not necessarily new, but um, it wasn't the most, it's not the easiest to deliver in some of these legacy systems. And we're trying to fill the gap is how do I deliver the information to my end users in the, in the best way? And um, we try to provide that tool and so you you had mentioned um, you know higher ed doesn't really do it like this uh, college doesn't work in these like kind of short modular chunks. Um, how do you think your product could could better help something like higher education um, and uh, and translate some of the stuff you guys have been doing into that space? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think the thing with uh, it's it's just all about stakes, right? So I think for academia. Um, there's not really that high stakes where teachers get tenured, professors get tenured, and there's not really this competition to, you know, want to change, right? Change is scary in every, you know, facet of life, right? No one really wants to change. But in athletics at major FBS school or, you know, at these businesses, um, if you're not doing something, your competitors are. And um, it really forces you to adapt really quickly. So from an academia standpoint, I think there's a lot of different use cases and that a lot of different places that we could leverage our platform whether that be, you know, with the flipped classroom approach. So that's where you give folks, you know, little bits of information prior to them getting to the classroom. That way, when they come in, they have a certain benchmark of information. You're not starting at square one. And then you can provide quantitative data and analytics around, okay, where are folks coming up short? That way you can focus in and make those teaching opportunities when you are lecturing really, you know, worth the time and, and grabs people's attention. I'm also short in that kind of in-person um, learning. And so we're not necessarily trying to replace in-person learning. We don't, you know, to some degree, I think there is some need for it. And I think, you know, 
But if you think about it from an academic standpoint, I think that somebody you're going to lecture at somebody for an hour and 30 minutes and that they're going to retain all the information. I, I think you got to be kidding yourself. So if you could focus that in and make it shorter, but more optimal, um, I think it's better for everyone. And then flipping that to, you know, business world and military, I mean, in-person training is expensive, right? Like, you know, you have to fly people, there's per diem, there's a lot of variables. And to not even, they'll retain about 10% of the information that you actually teach them during that time. So we need this tool to one, get them up to a benchmark, reduce that initial cost. But then after the, you know, training or that event, how do we continue to distribute this information? So the points that we touched or we talked about at these trainings stick and there's something that they're going to be remembered, whether I'm a sales rep in the field and I get asked about an objection or whatever my field is per se, um, I'm able to excel. Awesome. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Tommy. So Tommy, why don't, you know, you take a moment to kind of walk us through a, a typical day in the life. You know, what are, what are you in charge? What are you owning um, at Learn to Win? And, and how are you, you know, bringing value to, uh, to your business? Yeah. So um, today, like right now, um, I'm primarily focused on growing the business side of it. So and when I say business, I've seen enterprise, commercial, whatever you want to classify it as. We, we call it business at Learn to Win. So we think there's a use case across a lot of different organizations, whether that's, you know, Fortune 1000 or, you know, mid-sized companies, everyone, there's training needs in every kind of business. So we think we could be pretty applicable. So that's where I'm plugged in right now and um, really focused in, in on there and sourcing. I'm a full kind of cycle rep per se. Um, I'm on the front lines and, you know, I have to find them, eat them and kill them. And, you know, it's fun. It's a fun challenge and um, it's a lot of work and um, we're building up the infrastructure internally. but um, over time, I think when we, especially when we first started the business, um, you know, you do everything right. Um, I'm, you know, fire and rescue squad, right. Um, when you're early tech, things are breaking down and you got to jump in and you got to, um, make sure the clients are happy. So, um, they want to keep using the tool. And so, you know, fielding calls last year when I was in sports, I took 3am on Saturdays and just absurd stuff, getting calls by from Denzel Ward to, to help him, you know, with, you know, something with learn to win. Um, so just absurd stories that, you know, you kind of have to do. And, you know, it's, I think it's, you know, analogy, right? And on defense, they say, make them play another down, make them play another down, make them play another down. Same thing in the startup world, right? Where it's like, survive another day, survive another day, survive another day, you know, but excel, obviously, in those days, so you can continue to progress it. Um, and I think that's just, there's, you'll have the highest highs and lowest lows, and you'll be pulled in a million directions in one day, right? Um, but I think now as we've grown and brought senior management in, I've been able to kind of stay in my lane and, and I think my skill or what I excel at is building relationships and, you know, being a good promoter of the, the platform and showing businesses where there can be change and, and how those change will affect their bottom line or whatever their metric of success is um, and how we can help them get there. So, um, you know, it's been a fun journey in the last closing in on three years and um, she still seems like we're in the early innings of it. So um, we'll see where I'm at in the next three months. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, sounds pretty crazy. Um, so to, kind of taking it back, though, in your life a little bit, um, can you, so just to give everybody listening some color as to who you are, what did you want to be when you were 12? Yeah, <laughs> wow. When I was 12, I mean, I always wanted to be in the NFL um, growing up playing football, but 
don't know when I was 12, that was really a realistic dream. Um, I was a chubby little kid, <laughs> but definitely some sort of athlete. I grew up loving sports and um, I was a Giants fan growing up. So um, I dreamed of, you know, playing in the NFL, playing in college. Um, I never nothing, knew nothing about business or anything like that really until I got to college. So I was pretty like bliss about <laughs> how people made money and you know what the business world was all about i mean knew really high level but do you think uh do you think like your dream of of playing in the nfl and and kind of like this the skills that you learned throughout that entire process leading up into college do you think any of that has benefited you uh in the business world today yeah a hundred percent i would say it's the only thing that i mean not it's one of the reasons i'm standing here today i think the sacrifice to play d1 especially I felt like I was never the biggest, fastest, or strongest. I just worked hard at it. And, you know, I'm six, one and a half and 285 pounds. So not a huge, you know, not that tall. And um, I was overlooked pretty early in recruiting. And I kind of put a chip on my shoulder. And um, I was able to work hard and, and play in the Under Armour All-American game and play with some really good guys. And then I went to UNC and I still had the same chip on my shoulder. And was forced to medically retire from football after starting as a retro freshman, being a freshman All-American and having a pretty good year and thought I was on pace to, to achieve that. So, um, you know, it's, it's taught me a lot of stuff. It's taught me how to grind, how to be consistent, because I think that's super important in the business world, but also how to deal with adversity, right? Because um, there's, whether it be on the field where you get beat or um, whether your career gets ended on, you know, a snap hit and you're never going to play another down ever again. And, you know, you could either have two choices, right? You could either sit there and, you know, be in a bar drinking beers with your jacket on and talking about what you were when you were 20, or you could do something about it. And I think I made a conscious decision where I was like, I'm going to do something and I'm going to take all this passion I have and put it towards whatever, whatever's next. And somehow it happened to be learned to win and, and I'm here today. So, uh, yeah, I'd say it's been a major part of uh, my identity and, and who I am. Man, that's uh, I I don't quite have a story like that, but um, that is, yeah, that's awesome that you've uh, kind of went through all that and you're still able to apply it to everything that you're doing. Um, I I think we can maybe pivot away from from your background because you've got a lot of stuff there, but I want to ask you a very important question. Um, that you know it, it may be a bit confusing, but I trust that you'll be able to think of something good here. So, um, if if you could have pers- uh dinner with one person alive and then one person dead together or separate doesn't matter who would those two folks be wow i wonder this had to be luke's luke's question but um i think my my <laughs> Wait, well, first luke's one is a, a little bit you're pretty intellectual payton's an intellectual too but luke you're very intellectual so it's a really thoughtful question so i Peyton, you know, you're very intellectual give it back <laughs> but um <laughs> Been a dad. So my, my mentor, uh, who grew up in my town in New Jersey, a guy named Jim Tracy, um, was the president of Monster, um, a recruiting firm. Took them onto the internet and took them public from two million in revenue to about eighty million. Took them public, and um, he grew up from you know Hell's Kitchen, New York. Didn't really come from a lot, and just scrapped his way to the top and ultimate competitor, and just uh, just a beast. And unfortunately, passed away after a fight of cancer and about a year ago and um he always gave me advice early on from learn to win and helped me after you know football ended and he had gone through a lot of adversity um so um he's just been uh you know i'm it, it would be great to catch up with him and show him where we're at 
terms of alive, I'd say Elon Musk, just because um, I think everyone's fascinated by that guy, but there's something about him where, I mean, you listen to him on the Rogan's podcast or something, and he's just on a different wavelength, and he's just so smart and so progressive, and also at the same time, savage, you know, like, he'll say what he wants, and um, he doesn't, you know, hold back, and I, yeah, he's just would be really cool to, you know, grab a beer with and uh, talk shop. Yeah, you guys can talk about Dogecoin all day. Cool. Yeah, yeah Doge um, to the moon. Doge to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I guess it, thank you for, for humoring me on that. It was my question. Um, you know, Peyton, uh, yeah, we, we weren't sure whether or not to include it, but I like it. I think it's a, it gives a little color, you know, get a little bit extra um, uh, information from you, how you think. Um, but uh, kind of moving back to your business, what um, what do you think it is about the way that you know you operate, the way you think about problems, uh, go about the day that makes you successful? Are there any habits, things like that, that um, that you found to be particularly useful? Yeah, um, I think just a couple of things. Well, obviously, hard work. I think there's no substitute for that. So doing it day in and day out, and putting in the hours, and doing what you have to do to be successful. And then I think I'm lucky just from all my experiences to have a good Rolodex and be around some really great people that have helped me be successful to date. Um, I don't, I mean, see myself as been successful yet, but hopefully, you know, one day um, continue to do that and really think at, at the end of the day, businesses, um, you got to find gaps, especially when you're selling enterprise, obviously as Peyton, you know, um, right. You got to add value to these accounts and how you're going to do that. And then after that, it really comes down to feel and trust and, um, you know, do, can you, do you have a connection with them? Like, do they want to go to the bat for you? Cause there's probably a lot of people in the market that are doing to some degree, similar stuff. Um, so, you know, it's, can, do they like you? Do they trust you? Do they, do they think you'll help them? Will you be there for them? Will you make them look good? Because they're taking big investments and risk on you. And, um, I think to have that like care, um, is it's what turns people, you know, makes people successful. So for me, I think those are the two that I would say, if you probably asked other people, that would, I think what they would say. Um, and, you know, I've definitely a lot of still shortcomings too, right? But I think you really need to focus in on what you're good at and um, hone in on that because, you know, there's no, like, I've, I've talked to our, one of our head engineers about this, Morgan Howlett, learned to win, like, there's no sense in me learning to be an engineer. I just can't do it. Even if I learn to code, it's not that I don't have, um, you know, this, I don't have fixed mindset by any means. Like I think I agree with mindset. I always want to learn. I always want to get better, but I would never be as good as Morgan and I wouldn't have the potential to be as good as him. I just wouldn't be there no matter how much work I put in. But I think where my competitive advantage lies is more in that BD and being able to build relationships and, I think if that's kind of your skill, you focus in there and you figure out how you can, um, you know, move yourself up and make yourself more valuable and get yourself more experience. So, um, yeah, I would say those are like the two um, traits that I think are, you know, most define me currently and hopefully continue to build some some other ones. I'm, I'm definitely lacking on, on a few uh, today, but no, I think I think, you know, you said something that's really important um, and, you know, to keep with the whole like football trend, like very Bill Belichick, like do your job, right? You know, there are, there are going to be things that 
you're really good at that nobody else can do. And if you own that, then you're going to be able to, uh, you know, move the entire business forward. Like our offensive line connection, you know, you're responsible for, you know, your gap or, or your man on this inside zone. Like you mess it up, whole play is ruined, but you do it right. Then, you know, it's up to everybody else. So, um, you know, I think that that is, that's a skill and a perspective that's really important to build. And it's pretty powerful that, you know, you've learned it early on in your career. Yeah, sure. I, I feel like I feel like it's you know you constantly are looking to get better every day, and if you're not doing that, then I don't know. There's somebody out there that's gunning for what you're doing, and they're gunning for your job, um, not directly your job, but but figuratively. And that's how it was on the football field, where it's like, yeah, I don't want to show up today, like I don't want to do it. Well, guess what? There's three other people behind me that they've recruited to bring in on scholarship, and it's a doggy dog, you know, kind of atmosphere and world, and. I don't know. I think that's the way you have to approach life to some degree. Obviously not being confrontational and being humble and always doing that, but if you got to go out there and, and continue to get better or else somebody else is going to get better and next, you know, it's just the circle of life. So next, next, think, next man you know, up mentality. It's everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about what you know, has made you, um, successful in, in what you do on a, on a daily basis. But, you know, do you have any failures or, um, apparent failures that actually have led to, you know, your success? You kind of touched on it a little bit, um, with, you know, transitioning from football into, into the business world, but, um, do you have any other ones, maybe a favorite failure, if you will, you know, something you, you, you look back on and you're like, man, I'm glad I, I'm glad I messed that one up. Yeah, I think uh, that's a really great question. I think there's <laughs> one that really steps out. And um, this is crazy to take this this far, but my sophomore year of high school, um, I went to this rivals camp, and um, I just was fat and out of shape. And it was my fr- I had like probably five offers at this point, so I thought I was like hot shit. I was a sophomore, this and that. And I went there and got my ass kicked. Like I'm not even gonna lie, like I got dogged. Like it was embarrassing. Um, and there was good people there. Um, but after that, I just really, uh, I don't know. I just got to work and really put in the work and I just changed my mindset. And and it was like no fear and like, I'm going to work harder than you. And so, uh, you know, to this day, I think that was one of the best, uh, things that ever happened to me. And a year later I went back, you know, to the opening, I didn't go to Rouse camp, but got him, went to the, to the Nike opening and, and ended up winning MVP there and beating against some of the best, you know, players in the country, um, out there with like Minka Fitzpatrick, Tyler Murray, you know, Deron Payne, um, Did Josh you go to like Sweat, the actual Elizabeth. opening opening? Yeah. Um, like and I, I won, yeah, yeah. So it, That's I was, uh, okay. yeah, I won, it was crazy, but I, I won MVP at, at the camp, um, for the opening opening, I actually, uh, broke my ankle on the last rep, um, of the camp against Dalen Mack. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's in the league. He was on the Ravens, but went to A&M and I was the final five, top five O-lineman versus top five D-lineman. Um, and you know, I got him the first rep, he got me the second and then tried to sit down in a bull rush and my ankle just went in and I uh, broke my ankle about six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks prior to my senior season, but, um, got surgery and, and made it back for the first game. Um, and which was a grind and I was, you know, already committed to the Under Armour All American game, but I, I, I don't know. I just loved my coach and loved my teammates and wanted to play. And so, you know, I, I got back and I don't know, it was a hard season, but you know, it's what it takes to be successful. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. I'm, I'm jealous, man. That's awesome. You got to go to the opening. That's cool. 
it was a good experience for sure. They definitely took good care of us. Yeah, that uh, sounds mm-hmm. pretty awesome. I don't know about uh, about you, Peyton, but I never got to do anything like that. Um, playing against <laughs> Kyler Murray and Mika Fitzpatrick and all those guys on the league now. Um, yeah, so so okay. So thank you for humoring those questions as well. Um, and question a little bit zoomed out uh, from you know all of these more about your business, long term stuff. Where do you think the education and maybe more specifically the vertical of education that learn to win is focused on where do you think it's headed uh in the future well i think from a business and kind of defense sector i think just everywhere arbr will end up being a very big uh player um the technology is starting to get up to speed and it's it's going to end up taking um it's going to end up taking precedence um how fast i don't know and and things like teaching doctors and surgeons and stuff like that. I think that those will be some of the first industries and, and stuff like that. But I think for a lot of, you know, zooming out from a lot of these industries right now, they are so far behind. Like they're using the most stagnant and basic LMS systems to deliver information that are just so, that are just not there and, and they're just not with the times. And, you know, bigger orgs, like they have a lot more to work through to, um, to get them to change. So it, it's it's no surprise they've, they've moved a little slow, but to think that they're just going to jump to AR and VR right now, um, I just don't, don't think so. I think that it's too dramatic and there's a kind of a lag. And I think Learn to Win could fit in as, as that space um, for right now and, and using kind of micro learning and stuff like that. And then, you know, we're going to evolve as the industry goes and always kind of invest where we, we see opportunities. Um, whether that's playing alongside or whatever that looks like going into the future. But um, right now we're just trying to, you know, do repeatable um, business and um, be able to prove that we have value and that people are finding value out of our product and taking that into a series A and, and show, you know, one, that we have the team in place to succeed and two, um, that there's product market fit to um, take this thing to um, the moon and, and, you know, really, accelerate you know with with a little bit more funding yeah you and dogecoin both um okay well um let's say you had to step back from uh learn to win maybe you exit uh maybe you've just you know done it for long enough that you want to try something new maybe you guys captured the complete market like there is nobody else in the world you can sell to okay sure that'd be pretty good (laughs) if you somehow did that whatever whatever the scenario (laughs) is you have to start a business that is not in ed tech you you have to do something besides ed tech um is there something either that excites you like you've got all the credibility all the money in the world whatever what what is the thing that you would want to spend your time money brain power doing yeah so i i think real estate investing um i know peyton's smiling over there but um I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated by real estate and um, I think I like the cash flow and, you know, and it depends, obviously real estate is a very broad term, but if I was just going to do it as if I was doing it actually for with LPs and raising funding and doing all that stuff, then yeah, you go after the commercial segmentation um, in an ideal world. I'd love to, you know, go in with a couple, you know, friends and, um, you know, use it as passive income and as another, you know, place to invest my money. And then, I always, you know, have thought about potentially getting back in, you know, as a G, try to be a GM or work to that path. Um, cause I love, you know, sourcing talent and seeing up and coming players. And I think I have an eye for that. It's something that I've 
done since I've been young. And um, I don't know. I think that would be something really cool. But I, for, but for the foreseeable future, that's probably good down the road. I actually see myself staying in the tech world, um, innovative technologies, and kind of see where where I go. Um, I think I can go to pretty much any you know industry within tech and um and i think you learn quickly right like it's it's you learn quickly you learn about the market and you learn about the vernacular and um you try to add value so um i don't know it's uh i haven't really thought too far ahead i you know barely think past you know tomorrow but i would say that would be a pretty cool future you know, I could make one or, or both of those in some way happen or, you know, get to some sort of football as a team, as a consultant and someone that they value their their opinion um, while still being able to invest in a multitude of different opportunities, whether real estate and seats and maybe early stage companies, you know, I was able to do good. And yeah, I think that would be a fun, it'd be yeah. fun, a fun day job. For sure. So when, when someday when you finally are the Giants GM and you get asked to, uh, to come to, back to UNC and, and give the commencement speech, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to all the kids sitting out there? Do you guys do it in the football stadium out, out on the, yeah. out on the grass? Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you're, you're standing up there. It's a cool stadium. I've been there um, yeah. now. So yep. Shout out to it. Um, so you're standing up there giving the speech. What are three pieces of advice that, you know, you want to give to everybody who, you know, was once sitting where, where you were? Yeah, I would say, um, like first work hard, like, you know, nothing's going to be handed to you. You got to work for everything you get. Um, and I think that's just got to be a mindset that it's going to be a grind no matter what you do and gotta keep your head down. There's going to be things that aren't fair and life's just not fair to some degree. And you got to figure it out. I'd say two is be a quick learner. Um, you got to learn fast and drive value. Um, no one wants to sit there explaining things over and over again. And for you to really move up the food chain, you need to take responsibility and be able to figure out where opportunities are and whatever your niche is and, and be a leader and, and get it done. And then third, I would say seek out mentorship. You know, always look for people to connect with who've done what you're trying to do and, you know, try to connect with them and pick their brain and whether that be a phone call or grabbing, you know, a coffee with them or whatever it is. Um, I think that's so important. And it's just, you know, life is all about experiences to some degree. And the more at bats you get, or the more times you see things, the better you're going to react. And one way to be able to cut down that um, time to get from zero to one and to be able to simulate a lot of these situations and just how to handle yourself in different um, rooms is, to talk to people who have done it before and have failed and fell flat on their face so you don't make the same mistakes. So um, I think that is so important, mentorship. And you can't be afraid to connect with people. You can't be afraid to put yourself out there. The worst thing that happens is they say no or they don't answer and can't take it personally. And um, But more more times than not, that if you um, are somebody who is a good person and gives back and um, are looking for advice, people are willing to, to help you. And, you know, if you're... You, they believe in you and they think that you could be a good fit for whatever you're looking for. They'll recommend you or they'll help you to some degree. So I think those are the three kind of things I would steer towards. Um, and they come to you. I'd probably be sweating bullets because it's in May and around Mother's <laughs> Day. <laughs> it, it won't be worse than camp though. <laughs> yeah. Camp's brutal. Luke, I, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but do you want to ask the last question? Oh, your question? My question. I, I want you to ask it. All right, I'll ask it. Tommy, 
our last question for today for you. We really appreciate you coming on, by the way, with all this stuff. And so we just got to ask you this one last question. Um, and I think you'll do a good job answering it. So I'm excited to hear what you got to say. But um, Tommy, why are you an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think, like I said, I didn't know anything about business when I came into college, right? Like I was a meathead football player. But looking back on my journey of just kind of being the underdog and working and put my head down, I think it fits a line, uh, fits in line with a lot of entrepreneurs and their journeys of the unknown and not really knowing what's going to happen and just having to have faith. And, and that seemed to categorize my football career. Um, and I think now transitioning to business, it's the same grind of getting after it every day, putting in that work and sacrificing and you know, taking risks, like, you know, there's no way to know, you know, no one has a crystal ball what's going to exactly happen. But, you know, having faith and putting yourself in those, those positions. And I don't know, I think I'm, I, I love uh, innovation. And I'm a pretty positive person, or, you know, try to be, you know, to some degree, maybe if you catch me a little late, I can be moody. But um, no, but I try to be positive And um, I want to be on the cutting edge and doing really cool things. So it's, uh, well, entrepreneur, I think people kind of look at it from the outside in and see some of these people who post on, you know, Instagram all the time. And, you know, I don't know, people just want to get there to the top and, and don't want to work. And it just doesn't work like that unless you invent the fidget spinner. But if you do that, then um, good for you. You'll be really rich. But I don't necessarily think that makes you good. I think that makes you pretty lucky, which you need a little luck in life. That's just part of it. Um, but I think to be able to weather the storm and do it over and over again. And then for some of these serial, you know, founders who've done it three, four, five, six times over and over again, that's like where I want to get to. Like, I want to do this, you know, all just keep doing it. It's just a fun journey. And, you know, sometimes I probably wouldn't say it's a fun journey. Sometimes, you know, it's, a, it's hard and it's a constant, you know, struggle every day to grind and to find opportunities and cut your teeth. But, I think at the end of the day, it is the most worth it thing. And I've enjoyed my uh, journey so far to date. And hopefully this is just the beginning uh, of the journey and um, for me and for Learn to Win. And I'm looking forward to the next, you know, couple months and, and some of the stuff that we have in store. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, Tommy, thank you as as always, this was a, this was a pleasure. Um, you know, I think that you have a, a really unique background that, you know, not a lot of people uh, necessarily have, but something that everybody can relate to. So, you know, it's always, it's always a great time to hear, <clears throat> to hear, you know, your story and, and how you got to where you are. Um, before we let you go though, can you please plug where, uh, you know, all your socials, where can people find you? Where can people find out more about learn to win, you know, uh, start, start dropping those, those tags. Yeah. You guys want to you know follow along uh go on learn to win on on linkedin and, and give us a follow and we really appreciate that love and same on linkedin and and, and twitter instagram and twitter so um you can hit all of those and i um, appreciate all the love and and obviously as always if, if you guys um you know want to chat and and hear this pod always reach out to me um and you can see me through linkedin and i'm you know always down to talk to young um, hungry entrepreneurs who um, are looking for um, to just chat or to pick somebody's brain or to bounce some ideas off of them. Uh, that's what this is all about and giving back. So um, I'm always willing to do it. So, you know, if, if you are listening and think this is cool and, and want to chat, then, then hit me up. I'd love to talk and, and see if we can connect. 
All right, Luke. Um, you know, what'd you, what'd you think about our conversation with Tommy? Well, I mean, Tommy is, uh, an interesting dude. He's had a cool story. Um, I mean, there's lots of takeaways, right? Like we had the same person we'd like to eat dinner with. And I would guess if you asked every person, it would probably be like 50% of them would say Elon Musk, but still fun that you said Elon Musk. I like that. Um, I don't know. I honestly, I thought one of the coolest parts of that conversation was his, uh, you know, just talking kind of about his journey through football ranks, um, you know, being able to compete at those crazy camps and, you know, kind of having the struggles similar kind of to what you went through in terms of, you know, getting injured and, you know, he got just demolished at this camp, I guess, but you, you know, getting injured and, um, you know, kind of changing your trajectory there. Um, and same with him, right? Knocked him off the football field, had to go uh, into something different, and it ended up being business, which I thought was, a you know, both a really cool story and it makes a lot of sense. Um, I also thought just the business in general was really cool. I mean, the this, the idea of these bite-sized learning, you know, we talked to Balloon a few episodes ago. He's doing some educational stuff as well. Um, you know, you see it kind of as very important layer to everybody's lives is, uh, you know, this education and, and, uh, it's very much a necessity, uh, almost as much as, you know, kind of other things like food, water, housing, right. This is like kind of a layer above that. Everybody needs to learn to do what, um, they can to provide value to advance themselves and, uh, providing that accessibility is something that's, um, you know, awesome that they're working on. So what about you? What was, uh, you know, interesting, fun, exciting. Yeah. I mean, obviously like I, I resonated, like you said, with, um, with all the football stories, uh, you know, injuries, things not going your way and how that can kind of translate into, you know, some life decisions and, and put you where you are today. So I always love hearing that, you know, I'm not alone, uh, in, in that regard, but when it comes to the actual, you know, company itself, I mean, I, I'm really, I'm really interested to see what this company is going to do going forward because, you know, there are so many different ways people learn and you, and you hear people complain about it like all the time through college. They're like, Oh, I just don't learn that way. That's why I don't go to lectures. And I'm like, that's totally true. But what's cool is, is there's things like learn to win that are coming out there that can cater to whatever style or, you know, preference you have when it comes to, you know, consuming your learning. Cause like Luke said, it's something that we all need. Like it's that next, you know, necessity up on the, on the pyramid. And so it's, I'm really excited to see, different ways that they do it. Cause I'm definitely a, a person that learns by doing. So, um, you know, being able to, to interact with a playbook for football, for example, would have been a lot better than me just staring at a, yeah. staring at a projector screen or, you know, maybe, you know, giving me some material ahead of, ahead of lecture and, and being able to, to kind of mess around with it and, and figure some things out on my own before I actually get in there. And then maybe for once I'd actually ask a useful question. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was kind of a kid who always like, you know, just didn't want to ask a question because I didn't want to sound stupid. Yeah, I mean, one um, of the things that I'm I'm pretty you know passionate about. I've I've worked a bit on is like the experiential learning. So learning by doing. You know, the only I, I was in school as a computer science student. Um, so a lot of the stuff that we learned in school was this very vague, broad theoretical stuff. Um, and you saw a lot of you know my classmates who had uh, not learned anything about actually practically building something. And then you know you you put them in front of one of those problems, and they're like, I don't know what to do, and 
you know, they, their best bet is to go to YouTube or something like that to learn. And now there's courses like, uh, through Coursera, Udemy, places like that, that offer kind of like these bite-sized, um, on-demand learning. And I think that, um, what these guys are doing is a different angle at that same problem, which is like, how do you get people to actually know how to do things in the world? And if you can kind of start delivering some of that, um, content to people in a way that they can digest well. I think you've got a lot of um, really good things that can happen both on the accessibility front for people who don't have the money to go to school, who don't have the parents who know all this stuff already, um, as well as, you know, kind of the, uh, um, the diversity of learning, learning about all kinds of things that don't already, um, you know, fit into a classroom and, and you can kind of make new, new paths for people to learn to be the person that they want to be. Um, so yes, I agree. It's going to be very exciting to see where they end up. All right, guys, if you want to continue this discussion, follow us on our social media. Our Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebooks will all be in the description of this episode. Hop on there, shoot us a DM, hit us up with whatever concerns, questions, comments that you guys have. We'd love to uh, to continue to build that community on there. Next, subscribe to wherever you listen, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, Overcast, you name it, we got it. We also have a YouTube channel now. So hop over there and subscribe to us. All the clips that we post on social media will be there as well, plus uh, you know a couple little extra ones for uh, for the real fans out there. So we appreciate you guys. Next, please leave a rate and a five-star review. It helps us out tremendously because of you guys' support, we already cracked the top 150 for business and entrepreneur podcasts, and I think that we can crack the top 100 here real soon with your guys' continued support. Lastly, reach out to us if you're a young entrepreneur and you'd like to share your story on the podcast. We'd be more than happy to ask you some questions because we know that it's going to be a great learning experience for us. So with that being said, keep it real, everybody.